Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the Coach Steve Show podcast. I have a returning guest, Coach Timmerman. He's the offensive line coach at Grayson High School in Georgia. Returning guest. Coach, welcome back. Sorry the recording the recording there was like, I'm thinking about it. It was thinking about recording there, so we had a long pause. But welcome back. Uh, how's it going down there? You guys don't have the snow like we do, like eight inches of snow. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, <clears throat> we, we got about – four inches or so about a week ago and that pretty much stopped everybody's world um so that's a that's a big deal when we get something like that down here which um i think that's i think it's probably the first time that it snowed a good it snowed like that at least in, in a few years or whatever so it's kind of a big deal for everybody when it happens down here and it, you know it really only lasts a day it doesn't stick around very long so uh it's you know it's nice for people to get out there and i guess uh, you know play in the snow or whatever but uh no, no snow today. No snow this weekend. That's probably the only only weekend we'll get of it. Yeah, I always see like pictures of Texas where they get like two inches, and like we have to stop them. Are like North Carolina, we have to stop everything. Oh yeah, nobody drive. And then there's us up here. We got like four inches one day, and they said you're good to go. Five inches, you're good to go. Once it starts yeah. getting to like the eight inch mark, they're like, let's stay home. But right. it, I always I always laugh at that. Like we can't we can't drive anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's a big deal when it happens down here. Because I have a buddy that lived here his whole life until like six years ago, moved to Texas, met his wife, and then I think it snowed in Texas, that aren't that big snow they got like a year and a half ago. That right. was like the first time his wife had seen snow. And it turned, oh, into, wow. it turned into that 
And he goes, Steve, <laughs> no one knows how to drive. Like yeah. nobody, nobody knows how to do it down here. And I said, I, I mean, I still want to live in Texas. So yeah. uh, you got to pick your poison. Right. For sure. Um, but welcome back. Like we were just talking, I have to talk to you about inside zone or wide zone or talk about it all. We're going to talk about it all. But the last time I talked to you, I think you had just finished up your last year fall. I think it was during the COVID time. And I think you've had a whole nother season since then. So just real quick, how did the next season go? I think if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. So, well, we, so we won the, uh, we won the state championship in 2020. Yep. Um, and then we went undefeated that year. Uh, and then this past year, we made it to the semifinals. Um, so we were we were close, but but not quite there uh, this past year for the 2021 season. But um, it was a good season. Had a good group of kids. Um, you know, trying to trying to get back uh, to the mountaintop, but we just fell a little bit short. Um, so. You know, back back at it already in February, trying to get ready for this upcoming season and, and see if we can get back there. Yeah, because you guys have spring ball, right? You get to do all that. And, okay. Yeah, we'll have a uh, we'll have spring ball in May. Yeah, we don't get that. Like our spring ball is technically weight room, and you didn't you yeah. don't get you don't get football. Uh, yeah, we get um we get you get fifteen days to have ten practices essentially, and, and one of those. One of those practices can be a spring game if you if you want it to be. That's kind of cool, actually. Like, team. like a mini college type, you know, like kind of like do it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. And then, like I said, if you, if you if you choose to, you can play another team. Okay, that's pretty cool. That'd be a cool thing to do if if enough kids come out. That's, that's... yeah. I mean, we 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 keep it in house uh we we just we just do our own little inter squad scrimmage the green gold game um but there are teams that will go out there and, and, and play other teams during the spring um yeah illinois we, we were pushing for a spring ball but that that's not gonna fly uh yeah i don't know about down there baseball is taken over and travel uh-huh. ball is taken over and don't that's a whole nother whole nother conversation doing <laughs> right uh, yeah Parents are spending five thousand dollars to do travel ball, like. Yeah, it's it's big. It's big up here in parts, uh, in parts of Georgia, like near the metro area. There's there's certain kind of certain regions that are real real big on baseball. Um, so it's there's a parts of it in Georgia, but it's it's not um, it's not overtaking football by any means. Yeah, it's been like the past four or five years. And I always tell these kids, if I went to my parents and said, can I have three, four, five thousand dollars to play baseball? They would smack me upside the head and be like, what did you just ask me for? What? What? Yeah. yeah. And then because of what you because it used to be AAU basketball, but that's kind mm. of, you know, watered down a little bit. Right. But that's why we don't have spring ball. It's because of baseball. That's kind of. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. It's, uh, it's definitely a great opportunity for us to, you know, evaluate the guys who we who we hope you know can replace uh, you know some 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 pieces that had graduated um, you know some young guys that are that we're playing on you know stepping into some new shoes so it's a great period for evaluation and stuff like that for sure. Um, so like we said before we got on here, this will be inside zone or wide zone talk because I'm supposed to have it mastered, you know, but it's fine. You know, I've watched videos you guys have put up and different stuff you guys have all been on, but I like to do it myself. I like to be part of it. And last time you were on, we talked a little bit. Um, let's just get out of the way. It's wide zone, not outside zone. They're a little bit different. 
Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I'm I'm not one of the guys who really, you know, is a stickler about that stuff because honestly, it's whether you call it stretch or wide zone or outside zone, ninety percent of the time people are talking about the same play. Right. So I I don't really I don't really make a distinction between them. I mean, I guess some guys do or whatever, but ninety percent of the time when people say stretch or wide zone or outside zone, they're talking about the same play. So I, I've never been, been a big stickler on that. I, I use all three of them interchangeably a lot of times, to be honest with you. So, Well, that's why I, I said both. I used to say outside zone or wide zone. I don't think it was you. I think someone else told me. They said it's aiming points, so it's really this, it's really that. And so I've just started to say wide zone just to just, you know, to me, I think people understand that more. So when I ask people questions, I say wide zone. And then when people say outside zone, they're trying to hook them instead of, you know, because – Wide zone, they could cut it up the middle, you know, depending on the read and all that. Outside zone, they're really trying to yeah. hook them and get around, and that's what people told me. And yeah, I mean, like I said, if you if you really want to be a stickler about it, I, I guess you can. But like I said, most most of the time, people are talking about the same thing, right? Um, now is that the main play for you guys? I think I asked you that last time. I just can't remember. I can't remember how to drive to school some days. Like, or I'm surprised I make it because my mind's everywhere else. Is that like, the thing yeah. that you guys marry, or is it? Like, is that what you start with as soon as you come in as wide zone? Yep, that's, it's been our number one run play the three years I've been at Grayson. Um, it's, it's a day one install. That's our go-to. That's our, that's our hang your hat play. Um, it's been our best play over the past three years. Um, so it's really something that's, that's been good to us and that we've been able to execute very well. I think we, I was putting some stats together uh, for speaking at Glazier tomorrow. And I think, <clears throat> I think over the past three years, we're at like a, like a 22% uh, explosive play rate. Mm-hmm. So every time, on average, every time we hand, every five times we hand the ball off on on wide zone or stretch, whatever you want to call it again. But every five times we call the play, we average an explosive run. Um, so it's been a very good play for us. I think we're, I think we average seven yards of carry on it over the wow. three over the past three years. Um, so it's been a really good scheme for us. Our kids have done an excellent job of buying into it, which is a big part of the play. Um, and they've done a really good job executing it for us. So, because some people, like for us, for me, what we're talking about, this is, if people are scouting me, this is not exactly what we're doing. We're meeting about it. We kind of want to use inside zone to set up wide zone. Are you the opposite of, like, we're using wide zone, and then eventually if they start moving out, we'll just, you know, call inside right. zone. Right, yeah. So, I mean, just something you look for, you know, if those if those backers are really flowing hard and flowing lateral, trying to get over the top and come back with, you can come back with inside zone or you can come back with GH counter. Um, mm-hmm. Those have been our two um, kind of complementary plays um, to, to wide zone is, is coming with inside zone or, or running counter actually back the other way. Okay. Cause for me, I was looking at, okay, let's master inside zone and wide zone at the same time. Like, cause they marry to me, like inside zone could set that up of at least the teams we play. Like they, we were big on ISO. We were big on trying to run like a double team inside zone and teams just started to really crunch inside, you know, like, all right, they want to try this. We're going to get tight. So then I said, well, then let's try to get, push them this way to get it back. So for you, it might be the opposite. You're going wide zone. If they start lining head up or anything, okay, you're going to line head up. We'll down block and do counter. Is that kind of what I think it is? It's just kind of, we, we just watch the backers. If the backers okay. are like, if they're, if they're flowing hard and fast over the top, then we'll come back with inside zone or counter. It just depends on 
how they're set in the front. Um, we, we played, especially in 2019, we were a really heavy 20 personnel team. And so teams really started to overplay our, our H back because of outside zone. And then, so, you know, we'd line up out there and there's, you know, only two people um, on weak side of the formation away from the H back. And, and so we just run counter back to that weak side and, you know, pull the guard and bring the H back across and, and there's nobody left. So it's, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good, like I said, complimentary play um, to wide zone for us. Okay. So since I'm an idiot, we're going to real quick, when an idiot like me comes in and says, okay, guys, we're going to do wide zone. How do you, how do you start? Like what's one of the first things you have to tell the linemen or tight ends even, because I'll be the run game coordinator too. So they all have got to know this. So blocking wise, come in and say, this is the first thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we, we start and, and I, and I teach my guys, you know, we teach them, Hey, this is a gap. This is B gap. This is C gap. You know, this is a, a zero technique. This is a two technique. This is a five technique. So we, we teach that stuff, you know, so we can all talk in a common language. Cause I think that's very, very important um, so that everybody can be on the same page about things of where people are. Um, and then from there, it really starts with, the covered uncovered principle. Um, you know, you've got to know, obviously, if you're covered, <laughs> right? Um, and then you need to know if your backside teammate is covered or uncovered, because that's going to determine if you have help or not, right? Um, so that's where we start: is the covered uncovered principle, right? Teaching them um, how how the combos play out. Um, we start then, kind of now that once they've got that idea in mind we start teaching them about landmarks and aiming points and you know we teach the guys we're trying to get our backside hand down the defender's sternum and our backside knee down the defender's crotch and so you know people ask me about oh how do you coach their footwork and the honest answer is i really don't um i talk more about getting their hips on the appropriate angle to hit their landmarks than i talk about anything with their feet um you know, people talk about, you know, do you teach a bucket step? Do you teach lose ground to gain ground? And I don't use any of that verbiage. Um, again, I focus mainly on getting them to set their hips on the appropriate angle so they can hit their their aiming points. Um, and what you'll notice is if you start to work with that stuff, they'll adjust accordingly. Um, you know, so you'll see, you know, a guy who's covered, you know, maybe a play side tackle who's got a five technique, a tight five. He's not going to open his hips up to the sideline uh, because the guy's right there in front of him. So he's going to he's going to take a much more square angle. All right. Whereas that uncovered guard, he's got to take a different angle to get his backside hand down that down that five technique sternum because he's aiming for the same thing because they're covered uncovered. So they're going to work together. So now that that guard, he's going to be working to get his backside hand down the sternum, his backside knee down the crotch. But for him, that means now he's got to take a flatter angle. Um, and for, for all of them, especially on the front side, you know, we, we, we really want to be running off the ball. <clears throat> like, I mean, we are sprinting off the ball, um, trying to get movement on that front side, trying to get a horizontal stretch on the front side to, and really dent that front side. Um, you know, we're not, we're not just, you know, shuffling laterally or we're not just having everybody run flat down the line of scrimmage. We are running and sprinting off the ball, trying to get movement on that front side. Yeah, because the last time you and I talked, you said you're big. I think it might have been you. Um, you're big on certain key things with the brain. So, like, I think you said, like, you drive off your foot. It might have been you. I can't remember. Somebody said that to me. Yeah, so, like, I, we don't, you know, that's that's another thing. You know, I don't 
I don't use phrases like six inch step or anything of that sort. We talk about driving force through the ground. Um, that's, that's how, that's how acceleration is, is created, right? If I, if I'm trying to move to my right quick, fast, and in a hurry with a, with a lot of force behind me, well, I've got to drive through the ground, force through the ground in the opposite direction. Um, we talk about, we tell our kids, you know, you're basically trying to drive the earth away from mm-hmm. you. Uh, in whatever opposite direction you're going, right? We teach them uh, eight angles. And, and I got all this stuff, you know, from Charles Bentley and the guys at Offensive Line Performance a few years ago, but we teach them, you know, playing on eight angles. And whatever angle you're trying to go in, you've got to apply force in the opposite direction. So I don't really use verbiage like like six-inch step or, or anything of that sort. Um, I just really preach force through the ground, force through the ground and, and, and when, we, when we first start to actually get out there on the grass and stuff, you know, I'll, I'll take them through and we'll go from a knee. Uh, we'll put a, we'll put one knee on the ground. So we really force ourselves to drive through uh, the, the other foot. So like if we're going to the right, their right knee will be on the ground and they've really got to drive through that left foot inside part of the foot, push, push the earth away from them and really put that force through the ground. So like you were saying earlier, if you're if we're going to the right and the right tackle has a five technique and the guard has no one head up or away and that's the next guy, that's where he's aiming, right? And then if nobody's there, he goes up to the backer. Is that kind of like he churns he opens up his hips, he's getting there. Yeah. If he sees the te- if the end goes out, well, that's not his, he'll go right up to the backer then. Right. So we teach him to read near knee, near hip. If you're the uncovered guy, so you're reading near knee, near hip of the of that defensive lineman or whoever it is that you're comboing with. If that knee or hip goes away, then that then that cover guy should take him. You know, he should he should take him. That's not your problem anymore. One and then one, two, three, one, two, three steps. You make that decision, and then you're climbing to the next level. Um, and again, you know, we're we're not we're not shuffling, mm-hmm. right? We're not waiting to see. We are running off the dang ball. Um, does it always happen in exactly three steps? No, but that's kind of what we, the framework we give them so we can kind of have somewhere to start. So again, I might be asking dumb questions. You let me know if they're dumb. Um, (laughs) so in that same scenario, let's say there's a one tech there too. Yeah. Will that guard care about him at all? Or is that the center's job? Like I have to go move on somewhere else. So it's the center's job, but we'll teach the guard to work a stab technique. Okay. Uh, and so, so what that means is he's, he's opening his hips and he is sprinting to get to that five technique. But what he can do is take that backside hand and essentially give like a stiff arm type movement, a, a stiff arm action on that one technique to try and turn his shoulders just a little bit so to make that center's job a little bit easier. Um, now he's not he's not hanging on the guy. He's not rocking back into him. He's opening his hips, turning and sprinting. But as he's as he does it, he can give that what we call stab technique. To, again, try to get in that defender's shoulders, try to turn his shoulder pads a little bit, so that center has a little bit easier job of of reaching that guy. So you train their eyes even when he's doing that. His eyes are still going. Yeah, yeah. His eyes, his eyes have to be looking at the five technique. His eyes have to be looking at near knee, near hip. It's, it's all. It's literally just a hand. Okay. It's literally just a hand, and then you're getting out of there. And if you if you stab and and you don't touch anything, that's fine. Then that means that probably means that one technique, you know, slanted or or move backside or whatever it was, just go. Okay. Um, 
so he would still come up and be like, I'm uncovered. I'm just in this situation. Boom. Mm-hmm. I'm uncovered. I'm still aiming there. If that, right. if the, if the near knee and hip come in now becomes a double team between that tackle and guard. Yeah. So if that near knee, near hip comes to him, then that means that, like I said, that five technique, you know, maybe he's trying to slant inside or really trying to maintain that B gap integrity, whatever it is. Well, now you're going to have the combo. That's where the combo comes in. And now they're trying to run his tail off the ball. All right. And then that guard will either knock the tackle off if the linebacker plays over the top or that guard will, the guard will come off if the linebacker tries to, you know, come underneath, right. Try to cut, try to get some run through right there. So the main thing is just, uh, running off the freaking ball, man. So then let me change up the front then a little bit. Like I said, I'll have dumb questions, but I'm trying to be prepared. So let's say on the, the same thing, you have a five tech, but now it's a three tech. So now the guard knows yeah. I'm getting that three tech by myself, probably. And the tackle is getting so, that. So then you have a one tech, was, you have a one tech on the backside. Are the, is the left tackle aiming for that one tech then? Like that's so here's point. here's the three here's the deal with a three and a five. Okay, I I don't like running to a three and a five to a to a to a two man surface, right? Okay, with no, with no tight end or stuff. I, I don't like running it. It's, it's a tough look because you can get you can get that three and a five slanting, and then the back is coming over. It's tough sometimes, right? But so so if you're running to a three and a five, right now that so the tackle, the tackle he's covered, but also now his backside partner is covered. The guard's covered. So the tackle's by himself. Mm-hmm. Tackle's solo. He's got no help. So now that changes his landmarks a little bit. If I know I don't have any help, my backside hands go into the armpit, okay. not the sternum, just in case, right? Just so I don't overreach him, okay? Because I, I can't, I can't lose inside. Right. I can't lose inside. Now the guard is, he's got the centers coming with the guard. So the okay. center will execute that same stab technique on the one technique backside and the backside guard will try to cover up that backside shape right but now the center the center is working play side with the guard and again he's going to be looking near 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 hip of that three technique trying to get backside hand back backside hand down the sternum backside knee down the crotch all right now what we will do what we will do is if you get a three and a five and that the linebacker is is wide like he's not you know that linebacker is not truly in a gap Mm -hmm. Right, he's playing like over B gap with a three and the five. We'll make a call, and that tells everybody really just to to really just truly full zone it, expecting some type of you know stun or twist or whatever it is, and to just to just run off the ball, follow your tracks, block your zone, uh, and we'll pick it up from there. So when you do see a three and a five, do you just try to out formation? Like, okay, let's get a tight end in there and try to get it more balanced. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like if if I'm playing a team and. And we know for a fact, like in let's say we're in two by two, 10 personnel. And we know for a fact they're going to set the three and the five away from the back every time. Well, that's probably not a great formation. I mean, like I said, we can we can block it. We can right. live out of You know, we can do it. But I, I would probably try to find a better formation to do it out of. Okay. And then when the tight ends get involved blocking, you're teaching them the exact same thing. Like it's all got to be yeah. in unison. The exact same thing. Tight ends follow the exact same rule. Nothing changes for them. Because we all know old linemen, we have our own language. So yeah. pe- people don't understand that. Tight ends don't know it. They've got to learn yeah. it, you know. And um, I speak the same language of those guys. And they, and our tight ends the past three years have done a really good job for us. Um, so when you're turning their hips, 
and you're not big on like, we're going to do this technique. It's just open up your hips and getting there. Does it matter what foot they step with first? You don't want them crossing feet or do they want them stepping near foot? Even though you're not going to tell them, you kind of want to see them. Well, yeah. So again, you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to drive off your backside foot. Oh yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to drive, drive off, off your backside foot. And again, if, if I'm going to, if I'm setting my hips to the plate, to the play side, I, I have to open up with that play side foot. Right. Right. I, there's no way, there's no way I can open my hips up play side and then, and bring my backside foot. Right. Um, and there's, there's no way you can create any force if you do that. Right. So you've got to drive off your backside foot. You're going to open up your hips play side uh, again, and your angles based on the defender alignment, whether you're covered or uncovered. And then is there like a, you don't have to tell me, can they just look at you and say, I'm covered or uncovered there? Or is there special words you, they have to have them say, can they just say, I'm, I'm, I'm covered. Well, again, we, we, we have, um, so we, we have some stuff that we'll teach our guys in terms of like how they identify the front. Um, I got it from coach Mons, who's a head coach out in Sapporo high school in Arizona. He's a, he's a great dude. Um, but they keep their defensive IDs very simple. Um, and you can, you know, look at some of his stuff or whatever, but basically it just boils down to, you know, is there, is there somebody over directly over the center at the first level? Is there somebody directly over the center at the second level? And, you know, we use that to determine if it's an eat or even or odd front and then whether it's a split or stack backward look. And so we just kind of teach that. Uh, and then whatever funky alignments the defense wants to do from there, they can do it. Because I, I don't spend a ton of time, you know, worrying about, you know, defensive IDs and making point calls and stuff like that. Because our we run a 3-3 stack on defense at Grayson. And Coach Carter – on day two of spring ball is going to be lining up in the funkiest defensive looks <laughs> you've ever seen. So I don't worry a ton about, you know, making sure we ID the mic and all this stuff. And that works for a lot of people. I'm sure it does. Um, but for us, I stick with that very, very simple um, defensive ID structure. It makes sense to our kids. Um, and then we just base it off the covered uncovered principle. Um, and they, and we have, we have, words that we use to communicate, you know, between who's combo. And, you know, we have a word for the tackle tight end on the play side. We have a word for the guard and tackle on the play side and, and all the way on down the line to the back side. So between that basic defensive ID structure, them understanding the covered uncovered principle, and then, you know, those, those words we use, um, they, they communicate with each other. Now, like for us, I think six or seven times out of the nine games we've had, I saw a three-three stack or a three-five. So, do you just keep the same rules of like if it's a true five-zero-five, like we just talked about? That guard is still looking towards that five, but you got someone head up on the center. So, is the yep. guard now doing the same type of rule of like I'm looking that way to help? Yeah, the I mean the, the rules the rules don't change. Whatever defensive front it is, the rules don't change. Uh, you're every you're if you're covered or whether you're uncovered, whatever it is. Backside hand down the sternum, backside knee down the crotch. And the only time that will change is if you are covered and your backside teammate is covered and you don't have any help. The only And then the only thing that changes is you take your backside hand down the inside armpit. But everything stays the same regardless of what front you show. So in like a 3-3, three, three, let's say you're going 10 personnel. And 3-3, mm-hmm. three, three, they walk that backer down. So now the tackle has to go get that backer, and then the guard's oh, yeah. got to replace if him. If he's walked down in the box, yeah. If he's yeah. walked down in the box, again, <laughs> we're, we're running off the ball. 
We're running off the ball. The tackle is going to go out to that backer that's walked up on the line of scrimmage. He'll execute that stab technique on that defensive lineman. The guard's coming to the five. And most likely, and, and the, there's a big part of teaching the running backs too now. Um, you've got to teach the backs to be in sync with the offensive line. And so that that running back's got to be smart too and know, hey, if there's a, there's a five technique and then there's another guy outside of him, this ball's not going outside. This ball's not going outside. It's going to go inside. You know, if you if you look at diagrams, um, older diagrams back when Alex Gibbs was teaching wide zone, and, and this is who I got all my stuff from, when you look at diagrams that he would use to install the play and they're installing it versus a true 3-4 defense where you've got a true head-up 4 or 5 technique and an outside linebacker walked up on the ball, he's, he's not part of the running back's read. All right, the, the way they the way they teach it with the back is the running back is going to start his read with a second defensive lineman past the center, right? So in a four-man front, it be the defensive end. Then his second read is the first defensive lineman past the center, so a, a nose guard or a defensive tackle, right? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. In a three versus a three four, they're not even looking. They're not even counting that outside backer because it, that guy's there to play force contain. Right, the ball's not going outside. So the running back's read now is the four technique. Then his second read is that head up zero. Right, so the running back kind of has to be aware, and he can kind of get a, a pre snap read essentially of okay, hey, that the ball's not going outside. Right. Um, there's no there's no way the offensive linemen are going to get reach blocks on those guys. They're just going to torque them and drive them to the sideline. And I'm going to cut it up underneath. So teaching the running back is just as important as teaching the offensive line because they've got to be on the same page. Right. Do you find it's better out of like a under center turn around and hand it off like a stretch look, a pistol look? Could you do it from sidecar? You know, does it? You know, yeah, I mean, so we, we've we've done both. Um, if, if I was gonna if I was gonna be a true wide zone team, like a true twenty twenty one personnel type wide zone team, I'm I'm staying in pistol. Okay, I'm staying in pistol because one, it's it's a more downhill angle. It's more downhill. It's a little bit easier for the back to make that cut. And also, from pistol, the running back and the center are in line, and that makes things easier as far as the running backs read and where his cut needs to be. Um, now, you can do it out of 10 personnel. There's plenty of teams that do. You know, you go watch Oregon. Uh, they run the hell out of wide zone from 10 personnel from a sidecar line. Um, so you can do it. We did it this past year. Um, I don't I don't know if we ran it one time out of pistol this year. Um, and we were the number three rushing team in 7A in Georgia. So 
you can do it. Um, there's there's some some minor tweaks you got to have, uh, you know, with with the back a little bit, but you can certainly do it from both. Because that was the next thing they were asking me, and I told them it looks better out of pistol watching videos. Like it just looks better, like oh, yeah. you said. Like you could do it from the side, but that's more for I think if you're an RPO off of it, maybe. Yeah, but you're right. It does look like a more downhill. Like the videos you guys put up uh, from a bunch of you guys. I love how it does aim, but then all of a sudden he's cutting right up the middle and he's getting yeah. six, eight yards. Like a lot, of, a lot of times you've got to have a, you've got to have a more agile back, a, little, a back with a little bit more savvy about him to run it from sidecar because he's like he's really got to stick his foot in the ground and get and get vertical on that cut. Um, whereas if you're doing it out of pistol, um, it's it's a it's an easier cut for sure because he's already because his his angle's more downhill already. Um, because what was because for running now because I think I understand the lineman a little bit. It just takes a lot of reps. Running back isn't like the fifth step he should know like roughly like they always say that about roughly right like the fifth so, step he should know. Yeah, so again, a lot of that comes down from teaching it from a, a traditional under center alignment or teaching it from pistol. But the traditional way to teach it is you teach the running back to make his read. By the third step, to, 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 I should say, make his decision by his third step and then actually make the cut on his fifth step. Okay. Um, now, again, that's something you got to tweak a little bit if you're going from sidecar because um, the steps aren't necessarily the same. Um, you try to, you know, you try to keep them the same or whatever, but um, that's the traditional way of teaching it, right? Make your decision on the third step, make your cut on the fifth step. Because um, you really want to. Like, again, especially from that pistol or under center alignment, you really want to try to get that running back to press the heels of the offensive lineman. You really want him almost right on the heels of the offensive lineman before he actually makes that cut because you want him to pull pull those linebackers to the offensive lineman. Okay. Yeah, you want them to come up and then cut it back. Like, they're they're heading towards the, 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 the shit or whatever. They're heading there and then cut it right back. Okay. Exactly, yeah. I said, I, I've been studying it. I think I know. I just want to make sure. Got ducks yeah, in a row. Yeah, you got it. Now, I guess the next thing is drilling, and I know we're running. I'm hurrying up for you. So, um, oh, you're all good. Like drilling it, like when you come in, like what's a first day drill? Like, you know, new offensive linemen, you know, they're younger. You got to, like, what's yeah. a first day drill that you're going to have them do? Yeah, so a couple of drills uh, to start with. Well, one is, one's front side and one's back side. Um, so to start with on the front side, really just to kind of get them to understand the mindset of the play is I'll go, like I said, um, like from a knee, mm-hmm. uh, we'll go from a knee. I'll take the, I, I use these big, long rubber boards that we have. I'll take those boards and I'll, and I'll put them, um, you know, at a, uh, not quite a 45 degree angle, a little bit flatter than 45, um, and I'll have them line up there, right? Let's say we're going to the right, the board's angled at, like I said, almost 45, somewhere between 45 and flat um, there. And we're going to the right. They're going to drive off that left foot and they are sprinting, sprinting on the other side of that board. And they're not, they are not straddling the board. They're not straddling the board. They are on the side of the board, just using the board as a guideline of kind of to understand the angle. And they are sprinting off the ball. Uh, that is a huge emphasis that I, like I cannot overemphasize that part to sprint and run off the dang ball um, that again, that's just to get them in the mindset of understanding what this play is supposed to look like, right? We're not shuffling. 
we're not just we're not just flipping our hips right and stuff like that. No, we are trying to run these guys off the ball. Um, so we'll do that for the front side. Uh, on the back side, um, I'll take um, I'll take some 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 dummies. Uh, we have like these kind of longer uh, kind of like semicircle dummies. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of people have them or whatever. Probably like I don't know three three four feet long. And I'll have those set up uh, to work a backside cutoff drill. And so I'll I'll have the dummy set up, and they'll again be on a similar angle that we just talked about. Um, I'll be I'll be kind of in between, and I'll basically turn it into like a race. So like I'll have the the left side guys over there, and the right side guys over there, and it's basically a race to see who can get their backside cut off to get, get around that pad, and then get to me and slap my hand. Um, got that drill from the Tennessee Titans last off season. And so that's kind of, that's for your backside cutoff because the other part of the play they have to understand is they have to understand, are they frontside or backside? Cause that's going to change their technique because with the front side guys, again, we're trying to get horizontal stretch, but on the backside, we want to get guys cut off. We want to get guys cut off. That's when we'll work that reach technique. That's when I'll teach the guys to, to basically work a rip, a rip move just to lean into the guy, get body on the guy so we can press into him and cut guys off. So we can get, if we, cause if we can get the front side stretched and we can get the backside cut off, there's your alley to run. Um, and that's where the big plays happen. Um, most of the time, unless you just got a really fast guy, most of the time the big plays don't happen with you going outside. The big plays happen when you get that front side stretched and the backside cut off and he's down that alley. So we'll work that front side angle just sprinting off the ball. We'll work that backside cutoff drill. And like I said, I, I turn it into a little competition, right? Losers got 10 push-ups or whatever it is that, that gets them going or whatever. You kind mm-hmm. of put them in teams or whatever. And so they like that. Um, and then kind of once we've got that, once we've kind of got the mindset of the play going, then we'll start working on bodies, right? So then I'll work just a solo reach drill, right? Here's a, here's a reach drill versus a four technique. Here's a reach drill versus a tight five. Here's a reach drill versus a wider five. And we'll do that just one-on-ones, just one-on-ones. Then we'll get to the point like, all right, coach, well, what if he plays outside and I can't reach him? That's when we start to work the torque and pry, right? Torque through your core, take the backside hand, get in his, his shoulder pad right there, lock it out, and run into the sideline, right? Take, let him take himself out to play. Once we've got those two things established, <clears throat> we'll work a little bit of a linebacker approach type drill. Then we'll put them together, right? Then we'll go two-man combos, and we'll work the crap out of two-man combos, right? Tackles, tight ends, guards, centers, everybody, right? We'll do that front side and back side for both sides, and then we'll just kind of add to it from there. We'll go from a two-man combo to a three-man combo to a four-man combo, right? So basically you're doing half line, almost full line. Um, And we'll do it in all different arrangements. We'll go tackle, tight end, guard on the play side. We'll go guard, um, center, uh, tackle guard center on the front side, right? We'll go, we'll go guard center guard, right? We'll, so we'll do all kinds of different, um, combinations of our pods and stuff so they can really get comfortable working with each other. Cause you really, and truly, you've got to have five guys moving together. Right. Um, and so that's, that's another kind of beauty of the play, I think. Well, and that's why offensive line coaches are the smartest. Cause we got to watch five, five things going on at the same time. Exactly. You you won't find me disagreeing there. We're also the best looking, but some people just don't want to admit it. We're the best looking. I I agree with you. We're the best looking. 
we're the hardest workers and we're the smartest. It's just yeah, really, truly the total package. Like, and we, and it's not a fashion show. We can show up wearing anything and we'll make <laughs> it look good. It will be exactly. You know, if you're a player and the shirt's rolled up, the shirt's rolled up, and we're walking out there and we're good. Exactly. If I'm walking out there in a cutoff, coaching the game, <laughs> it is what it is. That's just what, there it, you just go. what happens. Uh, and then we got to watch the tight end sometimes. That gets involved. You got even though yeah, might be might be seven people if you're going some twelve personnel stuff. Oh yeah, if it's seven people, forget about it. You're going to lose sleep, or <laughs> you know, you're going to have a headache afterwards. Uh, yeah. So how do you let them know which one's the backside? So like understand guys, like if it's wide zone, like if you're going to the left, most likely maybe you two are the backside. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just basic, you know, like hey, if the play is going to the right, everybody to the everybody the the left guard and left tackle, you're on the you're on the backside. Uh, and again, sometimes the center can swing either way depending on exactly what kind of front you're getting. But yeah, that's just basic. I mean, we that's just basic. We we have we have ways how we communicate our plays, they you know, left, right, and then they they know they know what play side backside means. Like I said, I have to have my bunnies in a row. I assume that's what it was. I was like, oh, yeah, the backside's the left tackle, left guard, or the right guard, right tackle. Especially if they're lined up with a one tech there, especially you're the backside. You're just going up to the backer probably, leaving them alone. Um, so are these the type of drills you'll do every single day, or do you just progress from them? Or like these are just we're going to do it every day and, and embrace the boredom? Yeah, so, so some of them, like those – the first drills I described to you mm-hmm. um, are, are great, like pre-practice drills just to get them lathered up, just to get them going a little bit. Um, you know, and uh, if, if, it's a, if it's an outside zone emphasis day, uh, like I said, some days, um, some days we'll, we'll get on the sled um, and, we'll, and we'll work some stuff or whatever on there just, you know, just to kind of change it up a little bit, like you said, or maybe we'll, maybe we've got some, we're going to, Hey, today is going to be a little extra emphasis on counter. So we'll maybe we'll hit some gap scheme stuff or whatever, maybe do a little pull drill pre-practice. But those first two I mentioned right there are great pre-practice drills. Um, and then the comp, the, once you progress, like getting into the combo pods, I mean, I mean, we, we do those every single day. Um, like, you know, I, when we go to indie period and I tell my kids to line up in combo pods, they know exactly where to go. Um, and so, that's that's what we work um and we'll start we'll start doing those things um you know getting ready for spring ball uh, especially like i said those those drills a lot of them on air um you know because we don't, uh, don't have pads on leading up to spring ball or whatever um and then of course getting into spring ball that's when we'll start teaching them you know the the, the one-on-one reach and stuff like that um so if you're going out and they come in, are you teach them to hook them, or like if they just slant inside, you just block down. Like now you're just blocking down, but most likely you have, uh, a, you have a helper coming. But you just so on on the front on the front on the front side on the front side. If if they go backside, you keep going. Okay. If if you're on the front side of the play and they and they slant backside, you should you should have help coming. Right. Right. You should have somebody else to kind of pick to pick that trash up. Um, if you're, if you're on the backside, I teach them, I tell them if you, if you win, wind back on the guy, right? So like if I'm a, if I'm the left guard and I'm trying to reach a, a shade on the backside, we're running wide zone to the right. I'm the left guard. I'm trying to reach a shade. If I, let's say he's real slow or, or whatever it is. If I take a good angle and I get play side on that guy and I've, 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 I'm, I'm there, I've won. I'll teach him to wind back on the guy. Okay. Just to kind of basically to seal him off, 
So he can't, you know, come down flat down the play, come flat down the line of scrimmage and make a play. All right. Um, but now, like I said, on the front side, your butt's better be running. Because, again, you should either have help um, or, like I said, we've got calls that we can make if we see some kind of funky look where everybody's just running their, their full tracks. The bottom, you're, just, you're just truly blocking your zone. Like, we're not really worried about combos at that point. Everybody just, just block your zone, man. Because I can already see some of my kids, as soon as he knifes in, they're going to come back down and be like, well, I'm supposed because they want to block somebody. It's like, well, I'm supposed to block him. Well, keep going. Because if he goes, comes in, somebody else is coming. Yeah. So like, like if you're, if you're like the, if you're the play side tackle and like five technique slants inside of you, you, you can't, you can't turn back on that guy. Right. You can't like, cause like I said, the guard, the guard should be coming with you. Um, so you, you can't turn back on that guy because if he's going in, like you said, it probably means somebody else is coming out and they're about to hit you in the mouth. Right. I know you, I don't know if you guys, I know in Texas, the, their backside tackles are cutting and I wish we could do that, but we can't. Yeah. I don't know if you guys yeah, can. So like the the rules in Georgia are kind of funky because like, and this is why I don't teach cutting. I wish I wish I could, but the rule in Georgia says that if you're that if you both start in the box yep. and you come straight out, you can cut. Yep. But we we tried that like in the third game of the season, we got called for for illegal blocks. So I just said screw it. You know what? We'll just we'll just do it the hard way, I guess. Yeah, that's how ours is too. It's from tackle to tackle box in the in the defensive line, and it has to be immediate. You can't step yeah. and then go down. And then if a backer blitzes after the ball snapped, you can't touch him, yeah. and the tight end can't yeah, do it. Can, and, if you can cut, this play is deadly, man. If you if you can cut like out there in Texas, man, you can. This play is deadly. Uh, it's a, it's a little it's a little bit harder if you're not as athletic, um, especially on those backside guys. It's a little bit harder, but. Um, I mean, I still think, like I said, I still think you need it done. Yeah, I believe it was Texas. I think they they run and then they just go down, and I'm like, oh, that defensive end yeah. will never fly up the field again. Yeah, <laughs> Texas play. Texas plays on it. Uh, they use NCAA rules, not NFHS. Yeah, man. Another thing, Illinois got to change. We have to have spring ball, and we got to be able to cut all yeah. the time. <laughs> because in Illinois now, if you run like counter or something. The D line, if he sees the puller coming, they can go down at the legs. And I'm like, well, wait mm. a minute. See, that's supposed to be a penalty app. For, at least it is for us, I believe. I think they can go like because we've taught it. We've taught how to do it, and sometimes yeah. they can do it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. The D line coaches we have is a great guy. We get along very well, and he does that. And I'm like, oh, that would hurt. And then I think about like, wait a minute, that's not fair though. Yeah, coming from an offense perspective, like I want to do that. Like, by the time the puller gets there, it's been two seconds. Step there. Oh. Bam. That that might be a rule. I don't know, but we were teaching it, and I was like, hold on. Yeah, on. yeah. We, we try to point it out to the rest when we see it. Oh, yeah. If I see it to our guys, I'm like, hold on. Right. Or holding on to us, like when we run and they hold on to you. Or, yeah. We, uh, in 2019, we, or I think it was 2019, but like we, we had a really athletic kid at center, and we were, we were playing a team, and they taught – you could tell because they did it multiple times, but they, they were teaching their nose guard because we were such a big uh, wide zone team. They were teaching their nose guard to basically like dive at our center's legs, but not, not to like, not to like cut him, but he was diving at our legs to, and basically grabbing on to uh, our, our center's leg to keep him from, you know, working his, his play side track or whatever. So um, it didn't work, but they tried it. Oh, I hate, 
I always point that out, and then they look at me and go, a defensive holding on the lineman? I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's a thing. If we can't do it, they can't do it. Again, Mm -hmm. own language, they don't know. Um, Sometimes I see drills like medicine balls. We use medicine balls when you're blocking, and I see Mm -hmm. a couple wide zone coaches do that. Like, Yeah, I I love the medicine balls. I love the medicine balls. Um, I use them. Uh, you see a lot of videos from Coach Mirabal from who was at Oregon, who's now at Miami, using those. Um, so I love the medicine balls. I try, uh, I try not to use the you know just the standard hand shields whenever if I don't have to. Um, we've got some that have like it's kind of like an armpit built in, mm-hmm. so I don't mind using those sometimes because at least it gives them some sort of frame of reference of the armpits or whatever. But I really try to use the med balls whenever I can. Um, so we'll use, we'll use those med balls a lot, like in our, in our combo pods and stuff like that. Um, we'll use them, uh, we'll use them in our, in our inside zone drill. I do a, I do a drill with the boards, um, for inside zone two, where the, where the boards are a more vertical, still, still at an angle, but a more vertical angle. Um, and, and the, uh, defensive guy, he's about midway through the board and he's holding the medicine balls and we just work our inside zone tracks right there and, and work on it, you know, fitting the hands low to high and striking and fitting up on the block. So we use med balls a ton. We have to invest in some, I put an order in to get more after I yeah. saw more of it. Cause I just used hand shields, never thought anything of it. And then I think it's been the past couple years I've seen more mm-hmm. med balls. So I was like, maybe that's a thing. Cause yeah, I've never. Used we we love the med balls. We we love the med balls. Um, your inside zone. Are you double teaming? Just curious. Just I know we're getting away from wide zone for a second. Like, are you more double team? Is it just we're all staying on it's our a, track? It's the same rules. It's the same covered uncovered principles. Um, obviously, it's just you know it's just your your landmarks are different, right? You're not you're not opening up. Um, you know, like you would on wide zone or whatever. But we still teach the covered uncovered principles. Um, then we just change the landmarks up and yeah, we're trying for inside zone for us is a, is a vertical play. Like we're trying to go vertical. We're trying to get double teams. We're trying to take defensive linemen into linebackers laps. I, I tell my guys, we're not coming off a defensive lineman to a linebacker until I can physically touch that linebacker. Um, we don't want to, we, we want to block first level guys first. And so inside zone for us is a vertical downhill, get double teams type of play. Yeah, I tried to make it that way last year, but sometimes, like, if there was a one technique with, like, so if, like, your center has a backside one technique and there was a three technique, I was telling the center to kind of come back and then go. This year, I'm telling mm-hmm. we're just going to go forward. If he's there, he's there. Like, I don't want him stepping this way and coming back. Just so, the, yeah, so the way, the way, the way I teach that is, because um, the, the center can go either way. I know guys that'll say, you know, send the center front side to help with the three because the backside guard can just wash the nose and you can cut off of him, right? But I, I try to work it differently because in high school ball, the especially at our level in Georgia, you're going to play some really, really good defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And you better have a plan to block them wherever they line up. And so for us, you know, for me, that's usually based on who's which of those cats is better. You know, if they – if they've got a stud who plays one technique, who plays a backside shade, and they, their three technique is average at best, I'm double-teaming the shade. I'm not going to worry about 
average Joe over here playing three technique when the number two player in the country is playing backside shade. Right. Um, so I feel like in high school, you just have to have answers for that. And so like when we work that technique, um, if you're, if you are a center and we're running inside zone to the right and you've got a shade to your left, we'll open up. All right. We'll, we'll take our zone step with our play side foot, which would be our right foot. And then we're going to take the left knee. The left knee is going vertical. My, my hips and my shoulders are square. My left knee is basically trying to go through that guy's nuts. Um, and then from there, you can, you can work the, the a shoulder technique or you can work a hand. I know guys do it differently or whatever, but, um, but as far as the, the footwork goes, you're going to open up. You're going to take that, that zone step, right, with your play side foot. Not very big, right, not very big. You're not trying to cover a lot of ground right there. And then you're going to take that backside foot and you're going vertical through the guy's knee and you're, you're staying vertical to help that backside guard cover that guy up. Like I said, that's, you know, that's if that guy's a dude. Right. Um, and, and sometimes it depends on how the linebackers play too and kind of where their alignment is. So, um, but yeah, we're trying, we're trying on that play. We're trying to double team. We're trying to get vertical. Yeah. Cause some depend on the linebacker, obviously you're going to depends on where you go. Like if, I know some if he's a plus linebacker, that's where you're aiming. That's where you're trying to get him to. Right. Um, minus linebacker, that's somebody else's problem. That's not what you're looking mm-hmm. at. Um, but I like the way you say it of I, reaching the linebacker. You better be able to reach out and touch him. I really yeah. like that because our guys would double team. And once we figure out the double team, now it's the linebacker. Well, then they were coming off really quick. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, here he comes. Let's go. And I was dealing with a young offensive line. And I'm like, you know, it's all about term how you say things too. So I'm going to steal that. If you can't touch him, don't come off. Like it's all good. Yeah, that's how we do it. And and I'll set. I'll, I'll when we do inside zone combo blocks or whatever. Um, <clears throat> when we do inside zone combo blocks, you know, I'll have the linebacker in the drill, and I'll sometimes I'll tell the linebacker, "Hey, back up!" You know, back up <laughs> away from them. And so if that's the case, you know, they should stay on that combo. Um, or I'll tell them, you know, "Hey, fly out to the right." And, and again, they should stay on the combo, right? Um, so just kind of getting them to understand that, hey, if you can't physically touch him, you need to stay on that combo. If he flies out, he's taking himself out of the play, you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Coach, I know we have to get off. I know we, we got battery things to deal with. Um, yeah, I forgot, forgot my charger at the school. <laughs> hey, I've done that before. Good thing I brought it for the snow. I didn't forget then, but I have done Hey, that's that. clutch right there. I have done that. Especially when they're different. I have my home computer too, and they're both completely different chargers. I'm like, it can't be oh, the yeah. same charger. They're both. <laughs> no, nah, that'd be too easy. They're both Windows. Why can't they be the same? That'd um, be too easy, coach. You know, makes too much sense. That's why we always need a coach running things. They got to be running states and they got to be running schools. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, coach, I appreciate you. I could probably go talk another hour, but, you know, we got to go. Um, I appreciate you. Um, I don't know when this will be released, but you're speaking in Atlanta for the Glacier Clinic. That's pretty cool. I think this episode will come out Monday, so it'll be after. But uh, okay. um, that's pretty cool. Uh, congratulations on that. Uh, I think it's big time when coaches can talk to each other at a clinic like that, you know, back to face-to-face. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, I learned a lot from this wide zone. I'm going to have to keep learning. Um, but I, you gave me a lot of nuggets, which I appreciate. I hope other people got nuggets. Like I said, I'm a big term guy how you say things and it registers with me so a lot of things you said like i said reaching out to touch him uh the way your rules are exactly the same with inside zone and wide zone that's a huge game changer i think 
when they're the same and you can teach it. Yeah. Just huge. Um, yeah. We, teach, we try to teach the rules the same. We just try to change up their angles and the techniques a little bit. Um, right. So, and, um, uh, I, I think I'm assuming the, uh, I'm assuming my stuff will be on the glazier drive. I, okay. I guess that's how they do that stuff. And then also probably not too soon from now, I'll be putting a coach tube course out on, on wide zone too. So, um, that'll be, that'll have some video with it. I'll have a PowerPoint presentation, and, um, you know, go in, go in some depth on some things there. Um, so real quick, what's your Twitter, just in case, if they haven't followed you already, cause you're big time, if they haven't yet, just in case. <laughs> no, um, my Twitter is at coach underscore Timmerman. That's uh, T I M M E R M A N. So at coach underscore Timmerman. Yep. I'll put down in the description. If I get my video editing skills down, it'll be on the screen. So getting big time over Wait. here. We're trying to edit it. Yeah. Oh getting, yeah. Getting big Leveling time. Up. Yeah. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Um, thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. Go check out Coach's stuff. It's great. I've seen a couple of YouTube stuff. It's great. I take notes, and I take more notes. Um, appreciate you being here. Everybody out there, stay safe with the snow, even if it's an inch. Stay safe, you Texas people that don't know how to drive in the snow. Appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys next time. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.